Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may, so I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And there's a note at that verse that references Psalm 72. And I'm going to read Psalm 72 because it's a prophecy of the coming Messiah. And I'll tell you, it is filled with great news and a lot of reason to feel very positive and very encouraged. Because if you're not careful, and, I, and I've said this so many times, I say this all the time, and I, keep, I need to keep saying it. If you're not careful, you will be swept away by negative news and by discouragement and and what's going to end up happening is the way that then the way that you view everything is going to come with that sense of discouragement attached to it then even if something isn't that bad it's like it just becomes more bad because you you have like this this dark cloud of discouragement over you and and you don't have to it's not see discouragement is easy to find it's easy to find because it's everywhere but when it comes to encouragement, we have to make sure to continue to build ourselves up in the word. That's how you stay encouraged. Because the word is full of, of, of great truths, of great news, of great promises, of, of, of reason to be happy, of reason to be joyful. Right? So I'm going to read Psalm 72. And it, it's, it's a prophecy of the Messiah. Like I said, referenced to that scripture in Matthew about the Magi coming and, and, and bringing their gifts. So, so let's start at verse 1. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. The mountains will bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. He will def defend the afflicted among the people. He will save the children of the needy. He will crush the oppressor. You know, what, what did God say? Way back in the book of Genesis, that that he will uh, that the enemy will bruise your heel and he will crush his head. So Jesus will crush the head of the oppressor, which is the devil. Verse five: He will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. He will be like rain falling on a, a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. He will rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The desert tribes will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and distant shores will bring tribute to him. That's that scripture in Matthew. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. Sheba, that's you. You're going to be... Uh... <laughs> You're going to be presenting gifts. I love it. I, whenever the word Sheba comes up in the Bible, I think of Sheba. And you know, I never knew anybody named Sheba before I met Sheba. So it's, it's even better. Verse 11, all kings will bow to him and all nations will serve him. 
for he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and save the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence for precious is their blood in his sight. Man, what a great promise. He'll take, he'll save the needy. He'll help the afflicted. He'll rescue them from oppression. These, these are, you know, again, when this was written, they didn't know who the Messiah was, but we know who he is now. And we know that these are the things that we can be assured of that will, that, 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 that are promised to us through Christ, through the Messiah, that is Jesus. 15, verse 15, long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given to him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. Let grain abound throughout the land. On the tops of the hills may it sway. Let its fruit flourish like Lebanon. Let it thrive like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory forever. Amen and amen. What a great psalm. What a great psalm reminding us of, of the, uh, uh, obviously at this time it was the coming Messiah. But now we know he's the one who's come. He's the one who's been born into this world as the savior of the world. And so now that we have that knowledge and understanding, so now we ask ourselves, okay, so we know we have the savior. We know we have the promised Messiah. What can, what can we expect? And there's a verse in the scripture that I would say uh, probably sums up, you know, what Jesus does and who he is in just one scripture. And that's John 10, 10. And I did a study of John 10, 10 and finding references to other scriptures um, in helping us to understand even more fully what, the, what this life abundantly is. Because John 10, 10 says, the thief, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, in Romans chapter 14, there's a scripture that says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And just think about it. What does the devil want to rob from you? Specifically, your peace and your joy. And when it comes to righteousness, I mean, you, you, could, you could look at it and say how the devil leads people away from the Lord, from righteousness into sin. And so those three things, righteousness, peace, joy, those are things, that's the kingdom of God summed up in a verse. But the devil, the enemy, wants to rob us of those things. That's why it says in John 10, 10, he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Those three things. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So what can we find from the scripture to help us understand that life more abundantly because what always ends up happening and that's just a product of um i guess you could say our human nature that we always skew towards the negative you know um i remember i saw this youtube video and it was of a it was a football i apologize for those people who don't like sports but i do <laughs> so um it was a quarterback who threw this pass like so basically 
they were trying everybody was trying to tackle him and he does this amazing escape and he gets out of the grasp of the defenders and he throws this great pass and 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 the, and the guy cat catches it and it's a touchdown just an, a super amazing talent athleticism all that and it got a lot of views but there was another video from another football game where a quarterback got tackled and his leg broke and it's like his leg was like snapped in two and it was just like hanging there guess which video got more views the video that got more views was the one where the, the quarterback's leg snapped in half because for some reason we have this obsession with like bad things like why does everybody slow down when there's an accident because they have to see what happened oh i need to see the wreckage what happened it's like our 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 our, our for some reason, it's like we're drawn. Like, you know, Sheba wants to, to hear good news about the old lady crossing the street. We don't get much of that. Um, because what, you know, what seems to, to be more popular and to sell more. Um, actually, Dom, I was referring to Alex Smith. That's the, the video I was thinking about. But Joe Theismann is not a, <laughs> another one. Um, that that we're, we're constantly like bombarded with with the negative stuff and oh did you hear this terrible news what's the headline what's the headline every single day what is the headline every single day how many cases there are how many people died how many people went to the hospital they don't talk about recoveries they don't talk about anything um you know the the, the large number of people that that are better now the you know uh, referencing just how many people left the hospital in good health no because you know what 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 do they splash for us to see all the bad things associate with all the negative things you know and and our, and our human um instinct for whatever reason i don't know why i honestly don't but we're drawn towards the negativity and so when we read that verse in john 10 10 what you know everyone kind of always focuses on oh yeah that's what the devil does the devil man he's just trying to take me out he's just trying to take me down yeah yeah i know that that's true that is in the first part but let's focus on that second part <laughs> i understand dom i don't watch the news either but let's focus on that second part what jesus came to do because he's so, so there was a devil but like we read about the coming Messiah in Psalm 72 and knowing that he's here now, we don't have to focus on the part that says, yep, the, the devil's trying to steal and kill and destroy us. No, now we can focus on that second part of the verse because we have that Messiah. We have that Savior. We have that the, the one we've been waiting for, the one that's going to save the world, the one that's going to deliver us. So I'm going to read a few different scriptures that are that are referenced towards that 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 verse in john 10 10 using um uh, uh you know parallel scriptures with with similar language and s similar references the first one is matthew 4 23 jesus traveled throughout the region of galilee teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom hey jill how's it going in nashville i'm sure great because it's probably not snowing <laughs> um announcing the good news about the kingdom so so what how do they describe jesus he traveled around teaching in the synagogues so he taught and he announced the good news of the kingdom because it's basically 
it combats that bad news that you get from what, what, what the, the, the plan of the enemy is. The plan of the enemy to destroy you. That is the bad news. But there's a good news, and that's what Jesus came to deliver us, to show us, to remind us. Hey, yeah, there is bad news, but I'm here with some good news to let you know that there's another way. That you don't have to live bound to what the devil wants to keep you bound with. You, you know, you're, you're not subject to him. You're above him because Jesus came and crushed the head of the oppressor. And the Bible says that the church is the body of Christ. So by virtue then, if the devil is under him, then he's under us because Christ is the head of the church. I'm going to read Matthew 4.23 again because I didn't read the whole verse. There's another part to it. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And you know, the interesting thing is I didn't, I didn't know that verse said that when I did the study on it. Um, because you know, a lot of times people are accused of, 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 um, coming up with their own, their own idea of what the Bible says, and then just, you know, making sure that they always find the verses that go along with them. And a lot of people are guilty of that. Um, you know, I teach a class in, 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 in Bible school, which is basically about interpreting scripture. And, and you learn very quickly um, how important it is to make sure that you're, that you're interpreting everything correctly. Make sure you have the correct context in everything. And make sure you understand what you're reading. And, and, and make sure you understand uh, uh, what, what God's intention is to, to let you know from that scripture. Um, and so when I found this one, in, this verse in, in, in Matthew four twenty three, I didn't know what it said. So I didn't, I didn't, it's not my, it's not me trying to, to, to direct you in a certain uh, uh, way. That's what the scripture says. And then, you know, you, when you read those kind of scriptures, <laughs> when you read those kind of scriptures, you know, everybody automatically asks the same question. That question that you hear over and over again. Well, then why isn't everybody healed? Why do some people not get healed? You know, I could ask, I could ask the question, why doesn't everyone get saved when they get the opportunity? Does that mean that Jesus didn't come to save all of us? Does that mean that salvation's not available for all of us? You know, nobody, nobody asks that question. No one questions um, salvation. But not everybody accepts Christ. Not, not everybody... Um, you know, not everybody goes to heaven. They can be present. They, you can have like a room full of people and, and they're all unsaved and they all hear the same gospel message and some of them get saved and then some of them don't. Um, you know, and, and so why is that? I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't change what the word says. It doesn't change what we understand from the scripture. Let me read another one, Matthew chapter 8. So again, this is all, if you've just joined, this is all about the good news of the abundant life that Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. Matthew chapter 8, verse, uh, let's start at verse, uh, let's start at verse 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. 
This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And you know, that scripture in Isaiah actually, yeah, I did have it written down. Let's just go over there for a second. Because it references Isaiah chapter of, hang on, I want to make sure I get it right, 53, Isaiah 53, um, which is basically another prophecy concerning Christ. Uh, so let's start at verse 4. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted, but he was pierced. For our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed we like sheep have gone astray each of us have turned to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all <laughs> i mean wow he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth he was led like a lamb to the slaughter that was for us he did that for us to take up our sins to take up our sicknesses to, you know um in matthew 11 it says actually let me let me read that i know i'm flipping around a lot so if you i hope you have your bible open you know just going back and forth but it's important um to understand where all these scriptures are coming from matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says Come to me, all you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus didn't come for you to have a difficult time. You know, and that, that, that always ends up being, I'm telling you, that all, that's always how it is. It's like, well, you know, ever since I became a Christian, things were really hard. Then you're doing it wrong. Because yes, there is a responsibility. There is a yoke on us. We understand that, that, that Jesus promised that in this world, you're going to have persecution. Then you're going to have people giving you trouble. And we know from John 10, 10, that there's a devil out there and he's trying to destroy you. But Jesus said that, that he comes to give rest to the weary. He comes to give life abundantly. It's not a bad life. You know, it's not that it's always going to be super simple. It's not like, like evangelist TJ mentioned yesterday when, when he was praying, it's not all, all sunshine and roses all the time, but we have a promise. We have a hope that's an anchor for, to our soul that we know that we can find rest in Christ, that there's a rest for our souls, that we don't have the same turmoil that people in the world have because we have a savior and we know what, what he's done for us. Let me keep reading um, that scripture in Isaiah verse 11. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. So, so because of his sacrifice, we're justified. Our, we become righteous because of him, because of Christ. Uh, um, verse 12 he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors because we couldn't have done it on our own you know the all all you have to do is take a, a ride through the scripture and see all the different things that, that 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 the people of god had to do i mean my goodness read the book of leviticus it was one rule after another they couldn't keep up i mean 
it would literally take all day just to satisfy all the, the requirements of all the things they had to do. And, and why do you think they had to keep sacrificing for sin? Because they kept falling short. But there, when Jesus came, that was that sacrifice once and for all that we no longer have to worry about, oh, I, I, I cut my hair accidentally or I planted the wrong seed and now I have to kill a lamb so that, no, we, know, we, we understand that this Messiah that was prophesied about in the book of uh, in the book of Isaiah that we read about in Psalms that we saw born in the book of Matthew that he came to take all of that burden from us and yes there is there 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 is a responsibility as Christians but it's a light burden it is not a heavy burden it it is a it is a light yoke it it is not something that we couldn't possibly handle so, so just remember that when, when you think, oh man, you know, everything's real bad all the time, then, then, there's, then there's something wrong because Jesus promised you, I have come, you know, those who are weary come to me. You know, there's some of you that might be watching today that you might be weary right now. You might be feeling, man, you know, things have been tough for me. Things have been tough. Hey, Maria, good to see you. Things have been challenging for me. You know, there's difficult things that are happening. People are hurting. You know, my family's divided. You know, people are against me. Everybody's mad at each other. You know, I know what's going on. I'm not, believe me, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not oblivious. I'm not oblivious. I know what's going on. I know that it's been difficult. You know, but just remember who's on your side. You have a savior on your side. And he said, come to me, all those who are weary, and I will give you rest. So if, if that's you tonight, and you're going to say, yeah, I have been feeling really weighed down, then you know where to go, that you know that you can go to Christ and he'll lift that heavy burden from you. And that the yoke that is placed upon us is not something that's too difficult. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Where did I put Luke chapter 4? I didn't put a bookmark. See what happens when I don't put a bookmark? Then I have to look for it. Uh, Luke chapter 4. Where are we? Luke chapter 4 verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Hi, from Orlando. Oh, Orlando's a great place. That's where Disney World is. Not that I like Disney World, but when I was a kid, I did. Um, <laughs> he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. <laughs> Not, <laughs> never mind. As was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. He's literally reading the prophecy that, that, that he knew that he would carry out. Preach good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the captives. Recovery of sight for the blind. Release the oppressed. These are the things that Jesus is doing. So, so if, you're, if you fall into one of these categories and you're feeling any of these things, Know that, that today is the day that things, could, that things should be changing for you. If you understand the promises that you have in Christ, the Spirit of the Lord anointed Jesus to do these things. Look, look at Acts chapter 10. It's talked about again. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. What did it say in Luke 14? That he returned in the power of the Spirit. Because uh, what we read before that in Luke is when, is when Jesus was, was in the desert and he was fasting. And, um, and he was praying. And then the, the devil tried to tempt him. And, you know, and he passed all the tests because, of course, he did. <laughs> and when he finished this, it was filled with the Spirit. And so he came now to teach the people, um, um, now filled with the power of the Spirit. Acts 10, 38. You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. More amazing truth. He preached the good news. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Because oppression is not from God. Weariness is not from God. Uh, um, um, feeling discouraged, feeling depressed, that's not from God. Those are oppressions from the devil. And what did Jesus, what, what did he say? What did he read in Luke chapter 4? To, to release the oppressed, proclaim freedom for the captives, preach good news to the poor. There is a, it's not, that's why I said the greatest news. It's not just good news. It's great news. It's the greatest news. Let's look at First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So there was a point when you were dead in your sins. There was a point when you were just a victim of oppression by the devil. But now things have changed. Because when Jesus made that sacrifice on the cross, he did it so, so, so for, for our sins. He did it for our sicknesses. So we no longer have to be bound to those things anymore. Amen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2, 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You know, this is something that, that it's, it's not an easy thing to talk about, but it, it needs to be shared because it's in the scripture. That we're people that understand that our lives here on earth are temporary. And there, there, there is something greater to strive for. And that's the eternal life of our souls, where we'll be forever and ever with God. I mean, I, I know that our, our human brains, we can't, we have trouble 
fathoming that. We we it's it's difficult to to kind of think forever and it's never going to end. Because everything about this life is finite. Everything comes to an end. People get older. What happens what what do they tell us when you get old? Well, your body starts breaking down. You know, you start deteriorating. Every single thing that's invented uh, um Everything is, is, is invented to break down. What do they say when you buy a new car and you drive it off the lot? It's already gone down, gone down in value. Everything has on this earth has an end point. And it's like, we're all kind of like, I guess, moving towards this end point in a sense, but that's not how we should live as children of God. We should rather live then as people who understand that there is an eternity out there waiting for us, that this life isn't all there is. And we, but now we should absolutely value this life and value uh, people, of course, but not never losing sight of the reality that truly the only thing that matters is that everyone around us will be able to share in that eternal life. That no one's going to be left behind. That no one's going to have to spend an eternity in torment. But that everybody can come to that saving knowledge of Christ and spend eternity with God in heaven. And then you can ask all the questions that you don't have answers to. Because we're not going to have all the answers here. You know, I, I, I was just talking about this with my uncle the other day. You know, people always are trying to, 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 to answer all the questions that don't have answers. I said, you know, at the end of the day, I like to focus on what I do have. I, I have so much revelation in the word of God. So I'm not worried about what's not written. I'm, being, I, I, I'm making sure that I pay very close attention to everything that is written. And so th there's, there, there, there's a, a, a slavery that exists, which is a fear of death. And I, I really... <laughs> I think we see that more than ever. People will do everything and anything to preserve their life because they're afraid, because they don't know what comes next and it scares them. But we know and have that assurance of eternal life if we are saved to know that we don't have to be afraid of, of, of what happens on this earth, right? To free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You know, verse 16 goes on to say, it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Because angels, you know, angels, are, well, I'm assuming they just kind of live forever because they're angels. They're just, they're not humans. This is specifically in mind for Abraham's descendants, flesh and blood humans, who, who like, like the scripture says, it's appointed every man wants to die and then the judgment. We know that that's the reality, but we're not afraid of that. We don't worry about that. You know, um, like in, in, in first or second Thessalonians, I forget which one. Uh, see, I, when I don't write things down, it's very, uh, I think it's second, which I can't even. Well, anyways, it's talking about not being afraid of or worried about those who have fallen asleep in Christ, but knowing that when Jesus comes back, that they're going, they're going to be in heaven with him. That you're going to see them there. All, all, anyone that, that, that you're like, oh, am I ever going to see them again? Yeah, you're going to see them again. And you're going to be with them for all of eternity. So there is a special hope and a special promise that we have as children of God. That we're, we're not, we don't have like what the world has. That we just try to hang on to this life here on earth because it's all we have. You know, that's not how we operate. We know that there is a better place for us. 
You know, there is a place being prepared for us. You know, in, in, my, in my father's house are many mansions. You know, there, there, oh man, there's an old hymn that I, I just love and I miss hearing it. I miss, I, I, next time um, the Italian orchestra plays, they got to play this, this great old hymn called Mansion Over the Hilltop. I love that song. I'm not going to sing it. But it, it, it's just such a great, and you know, it's funny because the old hymns were great at that. They were always reminding us uh, um, of what's to come. They were always reminding us there, there is something great coming that you don't have to worry about life here because we know that we have an eternal life that's coming. It, it, it's, it's amazing how many of those old hymns speak of that truth. And you don't hear much about that anymore. Because everything kind of is, it, it tends to be very focused on just this life now. But we understand from the scripture, that we can't ha keep our focus there. Like I said, of course we should value this life. Of course we should care about this life. Of course it matters. People are valuable. God loves us. God loves people. But not to the point where we live in fear of death. Because that's a slavery. That Jesus came to break that power. He came to, to, to remind us, hey, this isn't all there is. There is more coming and it's going to be more than you could ever imagine. Streets paved with gold. So could you imagine if, if God uses gold for pavement? Could you imagine what the other stuff must look like? <laughs> uh, and no potholes. No potholes. So I, you know, I just feel like... Um, I don't know who's listening and I don't know who's going to listen on the podcast later. So I, I just want to extend an invitation for anybody um, who, who doesn't know Christ. Because I know there are a lot of people in that situation that maybe they, they might have heard about it or, or, or they don't really understand. But the most important thing that you need to know is that Jesus came to save you. He came to deliver you. He came to set you free. And so you don't have to be held down or oppressed by the, by the things that were keeping you bound before. You can live in freedom through Christ. So if you're watching this or listening to it later and you've never you, you don't remember if you you don't you're not sure if you ever have uh, um, um, made a decision to follow Christ. If you haven't, pray I'm going to pray a prayer. And you just pray this prayer and repeat it. Because, you know, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And that's all it takes. It so, so pray this prayer. Say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he came to save me. And now I repent of the sins that were keeping me bound. And I turn from that life of sin. And I turn now to a new life in Christ. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead to set me free. Thank you, Father. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I thank you that I am saved. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, and if you have already at one point in your life, you know that what those scriptures say, says are true. That Jesus came to give you life abundantly, to share the good news, to heal you, to deliver you, to remove oppression from you.
That is, that to me is the greatest news. There is no better news than that. Nothing that, that any, any news outlet can possibly see or, or, or write on, on, on Twitter or whatever. Amen? <laughs> Amen.